Hello, everybody, and welcome back to that Milan podcast. Martino Puccio, Matt Santangelo, and a very special guest. If you guys know him and listen into our spaces on Twitter uh, or X, whatever the hell you want to call it, or you just listen to Milan Weekly podcast, which well, the Milan Weekly podcast channel, and you also make your appearances on there as well. It's Fabio from Milan Costa Coast. Fabio, so happy to have you on here. We've been trying to get you on for a very long time now. Yeah, been on, yeah, I know. I've been on your podcast before. We've obviously met and hung out um, at the New York City uh, Club at um, at Legends, but it's great to chat on a podcast now where we let you get to be the guest and kind of go off the rails a little bit. You were just now, like about a minute or two ago, about Serginho Des with the U.S. Men's National Team. We won't really get into that just yet, but how are you um, and how's everything been? I'm good. Happy Thanksgiving Eve, man. I'm blessed to actually have this day off. Uh, so I, I, to me, it was great when you text me because I was like, I've been meaning to get on with you guys. Uh, it was yeah, great yeah. meeting you both in person. It was mm-hmm. a two for one special. It was good. Uh, but honestly, I, I'm ready. I'm done with this international break. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, I have my own show going tonight, and I'm, you know, we're gonna focus a little international tonight. Uh, but Milan is where my heart and soul is, man. Uh, you know, every time you have the spaces, I'm on there. I'm excited to be with you guys. I wish the team wasn't all in the fucking injury uh, bench, but god damn, man. Yeah, so if you guys haven't haven't known or heard of Fabio yet, he is easily the most energetic and passionate fan to, to the level that you're at. And you've already gotten a little taste of it so far at the start of this. Um, Santa, basically the antithesis of Santangelo. I guess you could say, um, which is not a bad thing. There's a, there's a, it's, it's good to have both. Um, and that's, and that's why we're all here. It's a good, um, it's a good, good cop, bad cop type vibe. And yes, you know, Ooh, I like cop. it. We can switch revolts and everything. And, <laughs> and I think I would like to say I'm a combination of both, I think at times, but, um, but I, I don't think I could ever bring the energy Fabio does. I, I get too exhausted. You're like my favorite Asian dish, the combination. All right. I love it. Let's <laughs> go. Baby. Yeah. So, I mean, Let's get into this, guys. Um, On one hand, we're happy the international break is over. On the other hand, kind of dreading the return of Milan right now. Um, Very much looking like Rafael Leao won't be playing in the next couple of fixtures. Definitely. The hope was Dortmund midweek for the Champions League with just two matches left. They're really fighting for their lives. We'll get into that later on in the episode. But Milan faced Fiorentina. Um who have been a very difficult team for us. Obviously, they're a contender for Conference League and even Europa League spots. They've had a really good start to the season by their standards. Um, obviously, Lo, uh, gave us Luka Jovic for nothing, and he's provided nothing so far for us. Giroud is not going to be in for this one because he's suspended for two matches. I don't think that suspension has been reversed. Nobody has a clue on what he said, but it's got to be pretty bad, especially if you're missing two matches and you got a double yellow in a match like that. You, lo- It looked like he was pushing his, his limits there. Um, but yeah, Fiorentina, no easy feat here with this. Um, Loftus-Cheek doing individual work. Same thing with Simone Kier. Looks like Pulisic can start. Guys, we'll start with this. And Matt, I'll ask you first, then we'll go to Fabio. What's your preferred attacking trident for this game? Um, well, we talked about this um, with, uh, with Torgrud on our previous episode. Um, so yes. just a quick plug of that. If you haven't seen that, go check that one out. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and um, you could do the the video format of that, obviously on, on uh, YouTube, but um, I'd like to see Okafor. I'd like to see Pulisic and I'd like to see Chukweze. I'd like to see us go with our aggressive approach to attacking. Um, but what do we think Pioli is going to do? 
He's probably going to run Giroud into the ground. He's probably going to play Giroud, or he might go. Oh, he can't. He can't play Giroud for this. Giroud, that's right. Giroud suspended. So he's de- well, then he's definitely going Jovic. Then obviously, um, in a revenge game, right? Jovic revenge game here. Um, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. That's what that's what I was saying on the last episode. Was like you just know he's going to be like, oh yeah, this is the game. Zero <laughs> shots on target, guys. Zero, none. And I, I and I got into arguments and fights with Shocker, but but people defending that, like it's one thing to say he doesn't have the services and that. Forget about if we want to take away the zero shots, right, Fabio and Matt? Yeah, he's not even involved in these games. He's not even doing anything that you'd be like, okay, at least he's working hard off the ball. At least mm-hmm. he's involved in distribution, trying to help the wingers out. He's doing absolutely nothing. He is Bigfoot. He might as well be Lev Yashin. All right, this guy, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't even exist. And the fact that we keep running it out, and, and the funny part is we'll get into the rumors and sort of the stuff of, of another guy that we've been talking about for a very lengthy time. Um, the sources aren't great, but Francesco Camarda, it's been so bad that they're talking about a 15-year-old having to come up, um, which we'll get into. But Fabio. Uh, I mean, it, honestly, yeah, the, the privilege, why does Jovic get the constant starts? Besides, you know, obviously suspension injuries, but yeah. like, other players have to pray to God that everybody in front of them falls down before they get minutes. And this kid from the jump has gotten a chance. Have you believe that this guy is worse than Origi? The guy we replaced this guy for? Like, we got, he's worse. I mean, we honestly, if you told us, right, when it happened, all right, Jovic, he's, he's in City A. We were looking at him earlier. He seems to be a serviceable backup. Nothing we've gotten from this guy. And to me, I'm sorry. When it's your number called, get out there and give me a reason to put you back on the field or not to be able to take you off the field. Like Musa, I said it from the show. This kid's only 20 years old. I guarantee by season end, he's going to be a guy you cannot take off the roster, off the starting 11. It's just like, why is Jovic get to start? It's exactly what Matt said. You got to put Okafor up top. If Pulisic is good to go, you put him on the left side. We need the left. And you and I'm sorry, keep Jovic off. Put Chikawesi there. Give them the chance. These three young, fast guys a chance to do something. Don't put the guy who does nothing. That's all I'm saying. And, and, and Matt, why, why is it that, and Fabio raises a great point here, usually it's really difficult to get in a Pioli starting 11, right? Like you really need to... You even need to, even if you do play well, mm-hmm. it's not met with more chances. Like Okafor, when he plays, and we discussed this at length, and many people do, the guy has produced when he started. And I can't really think of that many poor uh, performances, right? We talk about getting in matches like against Roma, where he's doing a great job of holding up the ball, where Milan have to waste the clock because they're down a man at that point. Um, and other performances where he's still scoring goals and technically he's out of position, right? Because he's more of a left winger. He had a hockey assist mm-hmm. against Lecce. Lecce was really about individual errors, right? And how we blew that game. But why is it that it's not a guarantee Schumann like Jovic, you're playing awful where the standard is for many other players. If you play poorly, you're not going to see the pitch again uh, is what Pioli has done. Why is it that Jovic kind of seems to have nine lives? Why, why do you think that is? Well, it's indicative of the times and the inability of Milan to actually get an adequate striker long-term, right? They've been exploring several different options. Hey, let's get a 
guy who maybe didn't hack it somewhere else and maybe he finds it all of a sudden at Milan, right? Like Milan in the past were a club that, you know, Galliani would go out to the market and get, hey, let's get a Jeremy Menez. Maybe he can rekindle some of that 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 spark that he had as, yeah. as a younger player. And he scored, what, 15, 16 goals with us, right? Um, Pazzini. For, for every player that maybe we brought in as like a player that maybe couldn't do it somewhere else, and then we come here and, he, and they produce, we've had five to six other guys that are just simply like, oh, we know what this player is and he's not the answer. And I think it's pretty obvious with Luka Jovic. And, you know, it's interesting, right, because I was reading um, some of the quotes um, – from um, Porto's president uh, talking about Taremi, his situation. Um, and the, they briefly touched on, you know, the negotiations that obviously fell apart in the summer for with Milan. And they almost laughed off Milan's sort of offer. And yeah. I think it's just, it's annoying as a fan because we we see what Inter have in, you know, Lautaro and Marcus Turam. And we see, even with Roma, I know we all talk and laugh about yeah. Romo Lukaku, but Lukaku Dybala, like we see what other clubs have in this position. And Milan are, they're getting by with Giroud because Giroud has some good numbers. He's produced over the couple seasons he's been here, yes. But I think if we're thinking long-term, Milan really do need to get someone that can absolutely cement himself as a top striker for us. And we haven't had that in such a long time. So I think what you're seeing here is, desperation we don't have numbers out there Giroud's suspended for whatever reason he doesn't think that Okafor can play in in a, in a, a number nine position he's not a true number nine so I understand that part of it yeah. but I think when you're getting nothing you're getting absolutely rubble from your Luka Jovic you have to change it up and that's what we're not seeing from Pioli and I feel with Luka Jovic he's going to be a player that fans get so aggravated with Maybe not necessarily, it's on him, he's getting called to play, right? But more yeah. so of Pioli because he seems like he's like the Roddy Krunic of the attack, where it's like he has a, he has a, he has a way about him where he's like, for whatever reason, I like this guy. I'm going to keep playing him until he does something good so it can kind of make right. me look like a genius. And I know Roddy Krunic has done more for us in, you know, over years, obviously, than Luka Jovic, but you get yeah. the point, right? For whatever reason, he seems to like Luka Jovic so much that he keeps giving him starts and he keeps giving him minutes over an Okafor. Shoot, I'd rather see Pulisic as a false nine. Luka I agree. Jovic. This is what this he's not even touching the ball. He even, he even changes the 11s for him where he has a two striker formation where he puts Jovic in just to just to try and give him an opportunity. And, it, and it's just so mind blowing because we see Pioli consistently run players into the ground, scared to experiment with others. And it's sort of like, why? Because you see when he gives other players opportunities, like, you know, but we know, like, as Italian-Americans, like, Pulisic is a left winger by trade. Like, that is his natural position. But look what happened when he puts him out of his position. His mm. skill set is so great that he starts producing on the right wing. Just like even Okafor, like you guys mentioned, he's not a true number nine. He still has two goals. Yeah. He's still producing like that. And the, nine, and and the goals he scored were indicative of Ultra a number nine where the, he Correct. was in the right position, just yeah. a simple finish and converting. And there's the difference between what Okafor is. He's able to get into those certain spots and he's able Very to play harmon harmonious football with the guys that we have. And mind you, just sim in his simplest form, right? We've had Okafor pretty early. Um, that He came in pretty early in the summer. A lot of these guys came in pretty early in the summer. Luka Jovic was a buzzer beater signing for us in desperation. So he didn't even have the luxury of a fine entire summer to gel and mesh with this team. So he got there's in another thing that, that goes against what Pioli's doing with Luka Jovic and his usage. Yeah, I think 
Fabio. He got in the match against Verona, if I recall, and he got like a 15-minute cameo. And then after the match, they're like, yeah, he's not fit enough. And we didn't see him for weeks. So it was kind of like, why would you why would you risk that if he's not fit enough? And that kind of is what I want to lean into here. And this has been a consistent one that, unfortunately, we have to keep on discussing. And you kind of heard, I don't know, Fabio, if you read or saw Pioli's quotes regarding this with the, with the medical staff and how something might need to change. Do you think Pioli, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're going to agree with this. Do you think he's too stubborn to sort of change his ways here? Like something's got to give, right? Because now our oh, best yeah. player is missing. This is one of his first muscular injuries. He came up lame on a sprint where I think Pobega tried giving him a through ball. Mm-hmm. The pass wasn't really that bad from Pobega. That's not the problem here. It's just now that we have another muscular injury. There's 24 muscular injury or injuries in total for Milan. If you combine Juve and Inter's injuries, they would only have 17 in total players. Why is this happening to Milan? Why do they do nothing about this? And is this going to cost them some significant? I mean, this could cost them the knockouts. I, I believe it already has. Honestly, uh, unless a miracle happens, how, how often do we have to deal with like three or four key guys? missing yep. and now lay missing for some time that's that is rough and a lot of people will say it's pioli it's his tactics his those his way of training everything he's supposedly is pushing back with ferlani wanting to get rid of some people and he's saying no 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 and doesn't want to exit and then, and then also in his press conferences to your point he's saying i don't want to change the way we play loses a two nil lead to lecce again a consistent theme so far, blowing leads against inferior. Not in, Napoli, I wouldn't say is that inferior, but when you have a 2-0 lead, we haven't seen Milan in recent years blow stuff like that. Like it's just like you do not feel confident in these matches. And and uh, this is gonna cost if them, right? Pioli was the pilot of the plane and you're shaking all over the place, you wouldn't feel confident he's gonna make the landing. And I think that's what it's like right now. We we we've seen him do well, right? Only one time in his entire career. It's very hard to win a championship. He caught lightning in a bottle one time. But every other time, each of the clubs that he seems to be at, there gets to a point where he starts to lose the locker room. And unfortunately, I think it's the calendar of 2023 that, excuse my language, has fucked this guy. Because as soon as 2023 came, we didn't know what we were doing in the beginning. And all of a sudden, at the end, here it comes again. And honestly, I don't think this management this this motherfucker had to know that he was the scapegoat for this season. You, they are going to clean house, and it's going to start with you if you don't get the team where Cardinal and everybody expects them to be. And I'm sorry, injuries, everything. It's all a clusterfuck. You have all the players you have. Uh, supposedly, you were on the hotline 24-7 this offseason, calling everybody with T-Mobile <laughs> yeah. calls. Yeah. And, and supposedly... This is the best team we got right now. And granted, I say this mentality of let's go get some players that are dipping here or there, give them a chance to come back, get their values low, sell sure. them high in the future. I can get that because it's City out. There's no money. These guys, are they got to get with the times, unfortunately, in Italy. But if we can just get that superstar striker, which unfortunately is the most expensive position, then we'll be set for the future. But again, Drew next year. I love Drew. No blasphemy coming from over here. But yeah. we got to get somebody who's dynamic. That's the thing. Pulisic is dynamic. When he gets on the ball, he wants to do something with it. Leal does the same thing. Okafor, the little bit you've seen, he at least creates chances. Yes, he missed two clear chances just past the pole, whatever. 
But at least he's fucking shooting, trying to do something. What has Jovic done? Why do we keep playing like this? Bioli's stubborn. Like Gio would say, this guy still wears rubbers, even though he's been married for 30 years. That's how safe he is. And you know he's going to play Krunic again. It's always the same crap with this guy. I mean, honestly, I don't know who would come in next, but I hope Bioli comes yeah. to God. He doesn't need Zlatan to teach him how to be a coach in 2024. And, and, and Matt, I think the point Fabio brought up as well, and I think Torgrud also mentioned this last episode, mm-hmm. where it was sort of like what Torgrud was saying. We got your guys. We got your budget of around 120 million euro. It doesn't matter if you sell players or not. You got an influx of a lot of talent um, to help with your depth. The same issues that you had in recent years are still persisting, and that ends up costing you significant stuff. Now, what I view Milan management looking at it like, and, and they kind of said it prior to the season, and I think these are what the realistic goals are. It's not what I want, right? Everyone here shares the same goals, and that's we want them to win the Scudetto, even Coppa Italia, even though they don't give a damn about the competition, or at least make a deep run into it, and and a fairly deep run in the Champions League, right? It's totally different. Fabio raises the great point about there's not enough money. Milan are behind the eight ball with that. A lot of Serie A clubs are, where they have to play this kind of catch-up game where they have to be this sustainable project. Forlani just mentioned it in his most recent interview. But there's the common denominators here, Matt, where we're still seeing the same issues of guys being injured at critical points in the season, where we're having to rely upon guys to come back that we need. And also just, and it's no disrespect to Bioli. I think he has a lot of respect from the players. I think he's done a fantastic job. It was a real thankless job to take over Milan the time that he did. But eventually, things run their course. And when you can't take Milan from point B to point A, that's a problem. I think he took him to point B to point C, or point C to point uh, B, and there's great things, semifinal runs, Scudetto. And I was talking to Ali Fisher about this from Semper Milan. Having that Scudetto title ahead of schedule has kind of changed expectations to kind of an unrealistic realm to where this ownership group is kind of going towards. Because you hear, we don't really want to pay the extra 500000 per year for Turam. They don't want to give those commissions to the agents that Inter are willing to, to go the extra mile to take these risks. Same thing with Lukaku, right? Do you think this ends up biting them in the butt? And and again, I think everyone is like all these awful results where you see managers get sacked out of the clubs or managers are held to a higher standard. Pioli's not going to get the sack until it's summertime, right? They're not going to do anything. Unless things get absolutely like, disastrous with, to the point where we're – we're outside top four, and it's a real possibility we don't get. And we're actually in a decent spot. We gained a point on that. And I said this too. It's you know these were just to kind of like kind of you know go through the whole pattern here, or of course here the actions of the, the market and to the expectations of the season, and ultimately what we're seeing play out um, thus far. When we got Okafor, when we got Chukweze, when we got Pulisic, I know there was this hoopla and craze and buzz like oh man Milan have a lot of they finally got attackers it's not just layout and then my my concern and my question that I asked was how does Stefano Pioli manage to utilize this talent that he has that he's never had he's had Salamakers he's had Macias and the excuse has always been well this is who we got this is our budget this is all we can afford so he can kind of rationalize like if you have a, if you have a bad performance and we don't score goals he could say well look i got Macias and Salamakers they're not world beaters here yes so now you give him guys to martino's point right you give him a sale or no sale of tonali you give him a very favorable budget 
to go out there and get the guys that he needs, right? The first time he's been backed at any point in his career to this magnitude. You're seeing the results, though. Now, right off the top, we talked about Okafor and how he's not able to you know, implement some of these players and to get them to succeed. We've seen Chukweze struggle, right? He's not getting those consistent minutes. Pulisic Playing with terrible eleven. Injured him. He's Pulisic's been injured a couple times. So, and I even said this to Martino, and I probably tweeted it out too. Of Okafor, Pulisic, Chukweze, I just don't trust Stefano Pioli well enough to have all three of those guys be slam dunk signings. One of them is going to be a, a player that un- underwhelms and maybe has a short-lived career here. Right now, I'm not it's saying like, it's yeah. justified, but Chukweze looks like that guy. Right now, he looks like he's maybe trying to do too much. He's trying to impress in the minutes that he does get because he knows there's pressure that if he doesn't play well, well, Pioli has options now, and then Chukwese is back on the bench. So when you put everything in the bottle here and you look at what Stefano Pioli has done with this team so far, and even some of the wins we've gotten haven't been convincing. I get it. People will say, we just want to win games. People in the Juventus side of things will say, hey, you know what? We want to play sexy football. So they sacked Allegri to get Saudi. It didn't work. They're back with Allegri and they're winning games. And people are saying that they're a Scudetto contender, right? So Sarri did win a Scudetto, mm-hmm. to be fair. But yeah. I look at Stefano Pioli and I look at a guy that the more he gets these sort of results where we still stay in that conversation, we're still within striking distance of Inter, six points, seven points, but we're comfortably in the top four race and we look like we are a team that can at the minimum get fourth, the less I see him getting axed. Gallardo just took over and uh, out uh, Etihad, right? So mm-hmm. that's one guy. Who else are you going to go and get out that's going to be a realistic replacement? There's, there's links for De Zerbi to Real Madrid, by the way. Well, Not good enough for Milan, though. Not good enough for Milan. Sorry. Never going to happen. Conte, his projects always take a lot of time, and then they fizzle out before they can even get to their peak, right? He wants a lot of money for the market. Yeah, he wants certain guarantees. This ownership wouldn't do that. So where do you go? Is it Italiano? Is it Malta? Is it It's going to be in that like, network Realistically, yeah. Realistically, right now, Pioli is – he's a yes-man coach. He kept his job. He stayed on. He probably had the opportunity to step aside with Maldini and Mazzara if he really Easily. wanted yeah. to. Yeah. He said, I'm, oh, you know, I'm going to take the job. I'm going to – I'll be a yes-man. I'll fall in line. I'll give you – I'll take what you give me and see what results we get. Ultimately – if we don't get top four, Pioli has to go. Regardless Absolutely. of how the season shakes up with injuries, make you it cannot last go from Scudetto, semifinal run in Champions League, and then miss out on top four and he keeps his job. He wouldn't keep his job in that situation. But this is the kind of conversations we're having with him as a coach because, again, the more he gets these little results here and there, now it's like he has that one foot in the door with management where, hey, man, Pioli ain't that bad of a coach. Let's go another summer. Let's see what happens. This ma- this management and ownership strikes me as the group that won't make that type of decision because they know that Pioli is the type of coach that they look for, and he can be controlled. He can be controlled with the market. He's not going to kick down doors. He's not a Jose Mourinho. He's not a Conte. He's not a personality like that. Where he's yeah, going to he won't say crazy like, stuff like right. in, the, in the news. Yeah. Yeah, going to uh, going to a hundred dollar dinner and only having ten dollars to spend. I, I tell you what, that's because Pioli has the mindset. All right, guys, that sixty yeah. percent of the season it was pretty good. It was a pretty good season, right? Right. That other forty that you don't pay attention to yeah. is where you lose the season. You end up in fifth. Yeah. Yeah. I don't buy it anymore. That's all I'm saying. I I, I don't hope I for it to happen, 
But course, if this if this idiot goes in front of a microphone and starts talking about, oh, we played pretty good for 10 minutes, yeah, shut yeah. the fuck up, man. It's a 90-minute game. You know the team didn't win. Yeah. So come on, get with yeah. it. I want to see some yeah. fire. Maybe you don't have to burn it on the players, but show your frustration. You know, show like, oh, the, it's not like, oh, it's just another game. No, this shit matters. And I think yeah. I think he's safe, honestly, yeah. he's safe. until top four is in jeopardy. Yeah. And if we lose against Dortmund, before we get to Newcastle, oh my God! Because he is going to be on fire, Fabio and, and Martino. And this, what's interesting too is if we finish fourth in this group, now we don't even have to worry about Europa League. And now you have Stefano Pioli that really can strictly focus on the league and the Coppa Italia. When Coppa Italia obviously playing a back seat there, but now it's again one of those things where if you're a Pioli out guy and you're like. Man, like if he just has one competition to focus on and he gets like third, he might keep his job again. And if you don't like Pioli as a coach, you obviously don't want this. So like I've seen people, and this is not the way to go about it. I'm just going to make it very clear. I don't root for my team to lose. Yeah. I yeah, saw yeah. people no tweet way. ahead of that PSG game, and they even tweeted me. And they were like, well, he needs to lose this PSG game and he needs to be fired because we need to send a message and we need to make sure that he doesn't have his job anymore, which is yeah. idiotic. It's, it's just it, literally yeah. idiotic. For, but I, I, it's par for the course for many in this fan base because they'd rather see their agenda play out the way they want than the team succeed. And the the the, the banter error is not too far behind us. Or You know what I'm saying? So like, I, Oh, my I, gosh. Yeah. Oh, oh, even telling you – perfect example, right? Because um, you made a video and it's going to go into the next uh, thing. Sure you guys see the Instagram comments talking about Jonathan David signing. Everybody just thinks that they're turning into Salzburg and like Dortmund and they have no ambition and stuff like, like it because of Ferlani's comments. And it's just funny to me that they want them to be in that position without fully understanding how they have to get to the next level. Like you, it, they almost went bankrupt. I don't think people truly understand what bankrupt means. Like, like you can't do anything. Like you're you're you might as well be relegated if you're bankrupted, right? Like you can't afford the things that you want. They would have had to have sold everybody. Forget about like reinvesting in the market. Like you have nothing. You have zero. You're you're done. Bankrupt. Look it up. The definition. Even if you don't speak English, right? Look it up. It's not a good thing. So when people complain and say like, "Oh, this is like the worst era," were you in fucking hibernation for like the 2010s? Do you forget where we just were? Like a lot of people are short-sighted when it comes to that. And, and, and to your point about like people wanting the club to lose, like that's just stupid for, for many reasons in which you mentioned. It's like, why would you want them to lose and be a bigger disaster? You think that's more appealing for other players to want to come here? You think that's the type of environment people want to be a part of? No, of course not, you idiots. That's just because things are rough at this current moment. And it's not to say they're going to win this good that this is why I have them third or fourth, right? Because I see flaws in the team. And I think everybody knows that whether it's centrally with the midfielders, putting a lot of the defenders under pressure, there's only one consistent defender within this uh, 11, uh, team right now at center backs, specifically more, with yeah. Mori. You can't count on that. So when, when the team needs a boost and we're hearing rumors like Francesco Camarda coming up, he's 15. The sources aren't great. Don't do this. Seriously, don't do this. This is not the right time. When I when I say and I tweet out like Carmarda is going to be coming up, I, I want him in like a good situation when he's 16. He's pretty much finished his full first season on Primavera. I know he's scoring insane goals. He's doing a lot of great work. 
especially in the youth league. But you're asking a team that is clearly in a crisis right now, and I think everybody would agree with this, bringing in a 15-year-old and a, a specifically an Italian coming up through the ranks that's a Milan through and through, I can't think of a worse time to bring up this kid and be like, please answer our prayers. And by the way, if you're even considering it, what does that say about Luka Jovic? That also gives you zero leverage in the market, right? No, no, no. It's true though, because now you're like, our options are 37 year old French model, Okafor, who you don't even love. Jovic is a ghost. And then you're like the 15 year old to save us. What does that say about Jonathan David, which is like the hot name right now, because Milan, if they really wanted to extend like or just like put up front to buy a striker like Fabio mentioned, very expensive, at around 40 million with one year left on his deal. That's the type of deal that Milan can afford and probably only can do at this moment in time. Yikes. And he's not even having a great year this season. No, he has two goals. I think Lille is a difficult situation. He even had stretches last year. A lot of people maybe not know this in Ligun, where Jonathan was not scoring for a long period of time. Whether or not that's like, you know, because he doesn't have the proper service and all that. I don't watch all the Lille games I can. I, I try and tune in when I can with that. There's so many other things to watch. But Milan need a surefire thing, guys. I think Jonathan David that. I think, um, listen, I think there's something. Milan have have seemed to do really well with, you know, their their scouting, their recruitment um, from the French League. And I I think you can make a strong case that uh, French football league is probably the hotbed spot for most of these top clubs to be recruiting from anyway, even like excluding the PSGs. I'm talking like the Manchester cities. I'm talking that next tier of team where they're going to France and they're like, all right, like who can we get from this league on a, on a cheaper deal? And they'll become a star with us. And I think it's pretty apparent that this league in this region of the world has been very popular for that. Um, with Jonathan David, it's interesting, right? Because I think that, you know, we everyone's going to say, well, Liga Un tax or Bundesliga tax. If you could score goals, you could score goals. I don't care where you come from. I just want you to come here and produce. But I think it comes down to more than just strictly the goals and, you know, how you do in another league. I think you have to have a real specific mentality and character to play for Milan, number one. Number two, to wear a potential number nine shirt and to be the guy that is now christened as the savior, given the track record that Milan have had in this position over the years, right? It's interesting. There's a reason why we had Zlatan Ibrahimovic lead us to a Scudetto in 2010, 2011. And then we went all these years. We had one Baca good year. And then we bring back Zlatan Ibrahimovic again at 40 or 39. He's gone. And now we go again, but we're still looking for a striker. We've really had one prime world-class striker in more than a decade. 15 years. I mean, even if you, no, no, no disrespect to the teams that won the Champions League in 2007, the second Sheva left, if you really look up and down the list, production wise, quality. I love people. Everybody, I love people. And Zaghi's a legend, right? There's no slander here. Yeah. That version of him post 2007 is not even better than what Pato was at any point, right? I mean, I like you probably have to go back to Pato. Pato. But, but I think people, again, they, they look at like, oh, he scored this many goals or he can do this. He's young. The guy I would like is Benjamin Sesco. That's the guy I would like. We're going to be priced number. out of him. We're, we're not getting anyone in that vicinity. of, just, of made the, just made the transfer, too, to Leipzig, and he's producing. 
like no, they just getting... bought him for 60 million like it's it's out the window that's not possible what we want to have to do is win the scudetto go make another deep run in the champions league and then maybe say hey you know what i think we have a shot to buy this guy that's yeah. not going to happen because there are holes within the squad and, fabio and, oh, well yeah go mad finish when you look at when you look at because uh, i i i quote tweeted it there the gazetta like reports of like who do you like in certain departments and it was Jonathan David and then a bunch of kind of random, like, young players. Like, another Serbian players. teenager. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this is all we got? Like, this is this, this these are the guys that we could potentially be choosing from. I'm not saying that's the case. Yeah. But, man, I think people – and, Fabio, I'll, I'll let you speak. But I think people – I love when people say um, – and this was even a couple of years ago. We need a better striker. He's not the answer. Give me a name that's realistic. And people say – I don't know, but he's not the answer. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to get this position when you don't have money. To your point, Fabio, it's the most expensive acquisition that any team is going to make in you, most cases. You need to have some sort of agreement like we seem to have had with Lille over the past couple of seasons that they're almost like our feeder team. We go to them to try to see if we can find those diamonds. And a lot of time, this is all straight good scouting. You need to find a guy that's hungry, who's 18, 19, that you can buy for a low value, but you see something in them. Giroud, Giroud was not into the top service until he was like 20, 21, right? When he was in France. He, he started later. So you can find yeah, people. Yeah. All I'm saying is that, like, of all people, you want Pioli bringing up a young kid. You know, young people don't even thrive with our system. We're the only people that buy 18-year-olds who are not in shape and put them on our roster. Very, very much I, I, I mean, honestly, 18 was the best shape I was ever in my life. These guys, <laughs> professionals, can't get it together. Jonathan David would be the shot that North America really wants added to the team because it can't just be Americans feeding yeah. off the hype of Milan. We got to get that one star Canadian in there. So they know they want yeah. Jonathan David. And honestly, price-wise, the from the team, we have the like the – the, the it, background with yeah, them, so the, it makes the rumor, sense. The rumor is 40 million euro, one year left on the deal, uh, expires in 2025. He's turning 24 in January, obviously limited production there. And again, it, it's not to say that this management's basically existence hinges on this type of transfer. Um, I think it matters for the next five years or so. And the funnier thing is, too, when you guys mentioned like 19, 18 year old kids that you develop, you can get away with that at certain clubs. Not Do we player. forget? Okay, I don't have it on this. But kid. this is a bit, ghost, there's, bro. There's, there's seven Champions League won at this club, 19 league titles, endless trophies, legends. Okay. The expectation, no matter who's on the team or not, is sky high. So when you're 18, 19, you have the pressure, like Matt mentioned. They don't have the time for that, to go through the growing pains, especially a team that just won the Scudato, right? It was one thing where they were spending a lot of money and then they won with the, the youngest squad and the three-point era on average. That was all well and dandy. Fans are going to be like, okay, next level. Where we, and, and Maldini was saying it prior to the semifinal kickoff. That's something Matt and I quote all the time, okay? When is the bar going to be raised? I personally don't think it's going to change anytime soon just because of the situation financially, um, just what the squad needs to elevate it. And I think it kind of sets uneasiness when Ferlani is talking about keeping players in the long term. 
I, I have Let's, a question. I have a question if I may it. ask. Go. If if this is the deal, you get to spend big money on a striker for you know 40, 50 million, mm-hmm. and you had to pick the one person you'd be willing to give up. And I people seem to get so upset that I I have come to this realization <laughs> that I think this is what Syria is gonna be. Inter somehow does magic tricks. Sell for now, players but they still for sell now. They're players. eventually they still, yes. sell, they still sell mouse. And I think, unfortunately, afloat. that's going to be our avenue too. Until we get our own stadium, until we we start producing year right. after year after year. So I ask you guys, if of this current roster, you needed to get rid of one person, who would it be? Okay, so there's two instantly that come to mind, and it's not. I don't want to sell them in a perfect. Our Frenchman like, in a perfect world, I like to keep both. <laughs> But, but age, play style, production, Teo Hernandez, there's the door. I love him, but if you tell me you get 70 to 80 million on an offer for a player who's predicated his game on speed and, and physical ability, he's got great technical ability too, don't get me wrong, but the amount of minutes that this guy has played as well, and to kind of have that age over time, he's playing with the best national team in the world right now in France. He's only going to get more minutes. He's... Still the only left back on this squad besides a 17-year-old kid in Bartizagi. Who? If I'm getting a record <laughs> offer for a guy where he's still in this squad and we're really not reaching the goals that we want, I, I'm picking up the phone and I'm heavily considering that offer. And I wouldn't you're be not, that opposed to it. You're not doing it over Mike Mignon, given Mike Mignon's injuries? I like, think... Like, here's, here's I, yeah. Here's no, it, here's it's a conversation. Yeah. Here's the conversation, right? Because Teo Hernandez, his erratic play, you know, in some matches it makes the difference, you know, in derbies and big moments. Like he, he's he's a type of personality that every team has to have, in my opinion. You need to I have agree. that sort of fiery guy. That's like we had Gattuso those years, right? Where it's like he's going to go in there. You hate playing against him, but man, you love having him in your corner, right? But I look at the way we handle injuries and I look at how injuries are impacting and crippling this team, if we are realistically looking at if we had to sacrifice one of the two, is it Mike Magnon? Because I don't know why that's even. I don't even know that was a know what that was. We've been hacked. <laughs> I don't even know, but no, was bizarre, yeah. I think with Mike Magnon, though, it's interesting because he's he's a little bit older than Theo. He's coming up on a contract talk where he's going to want much more. And he has the injuries, the injury lock. So I think of the two, it might have to be Mignon. We've went out there and replaced a great keeper with another great keeper. We've shown we can do that. With Teo, it's interesting because he's on that same left side as Leao. And I know sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not so good. But they seem to really be performing well in most cases, and they have such a great relationship there on that left that makes us so dynamic and dangerous. Fabio, what do you think about that? Yeah, you're probably right, honestly. I I, I think we'd get the biggest turn, uh, turnaround, like money-wise, from Theo. Somebody would offer a 70, 80 million. You can't say no to that. Uh, but Mignon is, I think you could find another goalkeeper, maybe not to the world level, but you bought him for 15 million. Let's do some scouting. Go out there, find another Look gem. Inter. Look at Inter did. They got yeah. John Sommer for nothing. 
for nothing. Sold him a year later to Manchester United, and they replaced him at, at with a solid, dependable, experienced goalkeeper in Jan Sommer, and he's good. And now you look at see what Onan is doing at Manchester United. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing him commit one error after the other. So yeah. I think it's definitely to your point, it's possible you could sell a Menon for 60 million, whatever it is, and sure. you can go and get someone for 15 million. On top of the CDK job. sale, which you're going to get that money. Again, like the projection, they're going to actually, like if they sell one of these guys, right, and they make top four again, the budget's over 100 million again, guys. They're talking about renewals come gen- I mean, it's true though, because you get CDK back around like 30 ish. Um, you make the knockout st- you make, well, if they make the knockout stages, then it's even more money, but, but then just the way they're running at a profit right now for the first time in nearly 20 years, if they just make top four, that's guaranteed income. And the way they look at that is like, okay, we can reinvest it. And so many people want to sit there and say, they're not going to reinvest. They're not going to do, they spent all the Tonali money. They renewed all the players for making the knockout stages. They're, they're doing a better job financially. I, I don't like people are just a little impatient because of expectations and what the club is. If this was Roma, right, for example, and they were doing the business that Milan are right now, everybody would be singing their praises. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that Milan has the highest standard outside of Juve in the country. No disrespect to Inter. The way Inter are doing things is incredible. But realistically, their fans know deep down, and James Horncastle did another great job in this article today from The Athletic highlighting everything, that the fact that they're still staying afloat is incredible. And the fact that they're producing is insane. So anything that they do in this time period is a home run for Inter. For Milan, it's it's different, right? Because they're far more financially stable. You would think that they would progress further. For me, I think the only thing that matters right now is winning matches. I know that sounds ridiculous. I know that's very cliche. But how many people shut the fuck up during those first eight to ten matches, right? Nobody was saying a fucking word. Right? How many times we see people on other channels and shit going after us just because we're American and the way Jerry handles the business and mm-hmm. and how how deep and how great they were playing. Fact is this, guys, they're very well positioned to make top four. The rest of Serie A is very weak outside of I think Juve and Inter are the ones that are going to be contending for the title. I think Milan and Napoli are a little bit further back. I don't really think Mansadi is going to change that much. If Milan make top four, how angry are we really going to get? Like. I'm sorry, we're not better than Inter. We haven't beaten them in like five matches or whatever it is. Juve are far more stable defensively, and they invest far more in the market. I, I don't care what anyone's telling me. The wages per year on the team are insane. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that with Milan, they have to consider those options with those two players. I won't be so upset if we lose one of them. I prefer if we keep both. And and honestly, guys, there is a world that Milan could do that. It, it's true. Um, I just think they have to get blown out of the water with Mike where the contract is where his demands are too high for them to meet wage wise. Yeah. But you're still talking about a top three goalkeeper at worst. So I think he deserves to get paid what he wants. He just has to stay healthy. People were gunning at me for that. I'm like, no, listen, if he can't stay healthy, then yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that because it's like three years in a row now that a goalkeeper can stay healthy. Have a clause where you have to at least have 30 games well, in the season incentivized to get contract. another incentive that gets Correct. you that extra 2 million that you're looking for. All I'm saying is that for me, the, the part that I would get upset, thank you, ASPM, for doing that. Uh, if if the only thing, when you look on the list of the players you're selling, I say, go write down what your top five on the roster is. As long as they don't touch number one, you got to come to grips with this is the reality of the team mm-hmm. and, Just the only for- and everything else. As long as they don't touch Leal. If they sell Leal, 
then you could say, okay, what kind of fucking project is this? Now we've given away our best player. Are we buying adequate and, and great replacements it, for it him? Depends. Because right now it still feels, I know, I know, but it feels like Leao is still the sink or swim with this team. If he right. doesn't do it and he's not on that next level, the rest of the team, nobody lifts them up. You know, but, but, right, in that Lecce game, it did happen. Leao went down, the team still was able to, in, in to the, get to 2-0, yeah, yeah. and then right. they fell apart. So what the hell was that? Uh, to That's, me, I don't want to sell players. Obviously, you don't want to sell players, but everybody's going to go. It's inevitable. It, it never. It's and, not going to be a 15, 20-year career with the team. It just doesn't happen and, anymore. And ownership, and ownership made it very clear that um, every, they have a price on everybody. The way that negotiation materialized with Tonali, where they were like 59, 69, Seven, you give us 70, 80 million, you got a deal. Yeah, they have their price on everybody. Every smart team has a price. If name it, like, and how much all. better off would Milan like we've be? seen it with all these clubs, all of them? And they're and the players are, I mean, I wanted to stay, but like four times my salary, <laughs> like, yeah. of course, yeah, you'd be an idiot in any other field. To stay where you are for a quarter yeah. of the salary yeah, you yeah, could yeah. be getting. Like, are it's you out of your mind? And 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 the last point before we head on out, Fabio, we'll let you plug everything because Matt has to leave. People think that the sales stuff is permanent, that they're going to be doing it every single year like Dortmund does. No, it's to get to a level that you don't have to do that anymore, right? Yeah. Like Juve, when Juve were, were at the top financially dominating in Serie A, even when you get an offer for a record fee for Pogba, you have to do it because it's the sensible thing. Real Madrid sells star players at astronomical prices as well. Almost every top club does it. City will sell guys, right? They have no problem. Like Mares uh, left, um, Gunduan left that they didn't extend, right? Can you imagine that? I know they won the treble and all that stuff. But I'm just saying, I, I don't think, and Fabio makes a great point that we've made this entire episode and we've made it for years and we've done the same thing on Milan Weekly Podcast. To get to that level, you have to do the smart business to get there, and you have to be sustainable, and it has to be consistent. You can't be look at Roma, for example, right? They put all their eggs in one basket. We can even go back to 2017 with Milan. When you try and put everything in one basket, it could backfire, and it could set you back for years. What Milan are trying to do or to become what Juve were when they were ran correctly in Serie A, where they were just this financial titan and giant, and the same thing that Bayern is in Bundesliga is that you get to the point where you're a self-sustaining company. And that's what it is. It's a business. People don't want to listen to it, but that's the Let fact. Let us have the our stadium. Please, that's we'll do it. Come it's, on. Look, exactly. That changes everything. No, it changes everything. And, and the naming rights for the state, I don't give a shit what it's named. Giuseppe Miazza was barely a Milanista, bro. And we're yeah. sharing the stadium with Inter for Right? Like, that's an Inter legend. If we're going down, like, I know we play for both clubs. But the guy was an inter. Like, I don't give a damn what it's called. Just give me the money. I want it's trophies. It's not that nice. Money. We need a nice, shiny, brand new stadium, red and black. We don't have to change no colors. Wait a second. Let's I'll get away from it. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Get ready for this. Get ready for this. Jerry World. 
just like Jerry Jones. Oh, that's funny. That's with a, a G, I like yeah. it. That's a pretty good one. Um, but now nah, you're probably going to see the naming rights go to a major company. That's what almost every single big club does now. I mean, Juve did it. Bayern has done it. Almost every single top yeah. Premier League club, whatever. Old Trafford, Stanford Bridge. It's totally different stuff, though, with the way those leagues are ran. Anyways, Matt, before you head out, Fabio, we just want you to plug your stuff one more time. You're going live tonight on your channel, Milan 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Milan Weekly Podcast. We're on all the, the socials. Find us, obviously, on YouTube going live tonight. So be a part of the, the conversation if you want to be there. We're going to be talking, obviously, about Italy qualifying. We're going to talk about the USA uh, getting to the next round uh, and debacle with deaths that got me furious all day. And, and just more getting more ready for Fiorentina. And, and seeing how, how Gio feels about Gio's like on edge. He doesn't like the international oh, yeah. breaks. You know, I mean, I look at USA. I look at Italy. He's the I most like the, stressed out guy from California I've ever met. He it's, is. Because you know what? This team gets under his skin. He, he, something happens. Two, three days he can't sleep about it. So we got to get there. I mean, what happened? Well, he had to wake up at 6 a.m. for Lecce. Don't blame the guy. <laughs> and oh, been yeah, he's got the worst yeah. times. And, yeah, he, yeah. and he's got to go to the uh, Walmart to buy beer. He's early morning. He's gonna need to, he can't wait for later. He's gotta have the brewskis on ice. I understand. I love you, Fabio. Matt, <laughs> uh, plug everything as well. Oh, by the way, the link is in the description for Milan Weekly Pod and all that stuff as well. Uh, Matt, go ahead. Yeah, Good just stuff. follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Santangelo. Um, probably gonna be putting out some content soon. Life has gotten in the way. Work has gotten in the way. So um, hopefully, we get out some uh, articles for Football Italia. Elon reports, um, some fantasy content as well. So everything I'm working on, Twitter. Yeah. I just want to uh, say one more thing. Mm -hmm. If you're in the New York City area on Saturday, go check out the Football Factory Legends. Mm -hmm. The New York City Club will be there. Go see the guys. They're always there. We got Fun merch. Coach. We got everything. Go check them out, man. Go, go see your local club. Yeah, Franco's fantastic. He's been on the channel before on just podcasts in the past with uh, myself and Matt. Franco's, Franco's the best. a great guy. And, we got and to go see Dave Matthews, baby, this weekend. It was great. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and again, um, just like more updates. Um, as some of you may know, I, I do have a new job now. I'm going to be starting at Peacock. It doesn't really affect me doing thank you fabio uh now we could have used the balloons by the way um, that's true hold on it's, it's it's, like um something but anyways the yeah the schedule is going to be very different for me um just tune into twitter and other stuff the podcast won't stop sometimes we might have to record on fridays and that's when the episode will be published but i don't have to stop making my content the schedule is just going to be a little different and obviously if you subscribe to the channel if you subscribe to us on apple and spotify we won't be going anywhere we appreciate all the support and help Subscribe to the channel, like, comment on the video. We are very close to 4,000 subscribers. Also do the same with Milan Weekly Pod. Follow Matt, follow Fabio, follow everyone else, Gio included. Presidente Marcello, who's one of the best guys around. Genuinely a great person. Same thing with Vinny and Steve. They're hilarious. And um, yeah, other than that, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you next time.